Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Matty D. Hey Kieran, the coach didn't actually sell out his dodgeball team. He actually used the bribe money to bet on his own team so that they could use the money to buy back their gym. Is that right? That is 100% correct. And if you didn't want to hear that, you shouldn't be listening to the show because that is a spoiler. I know it's a subtle one, but it's a spoiler nonetheless. Jeez, a movie about dodgeball. I wonder what that could be. Could be anything. Could be anything. Could Could be be any underdog story. Could be a thriller could be a action pack a rom-com could be all of those things actually in fact it is but yeah i like to keep my spoilers related to the show a little bit this is the best i could come up with and i guess it kind of fits absolutely now i'm glad you brought up a movie involving a sports team of sorts yes an unlikely sports team and an underdog story because this week we're talking about cool runnings yes more specifically that's correct we're talking about our own sequels to cool runnings itself yes we should probably preface this by saying there is not a cool running two coming out no there isn't there is there is not Um, what we like to do here is when there's not enough movies coming out is we like to try to predict a movie make up a concept essentially that's right now typically what we do in our standard show is we look at all the marketing material for a movie the trailer the posters whatever we can get our hands on and we attempt to predict as much of the plot as humanly possible but as we do once a month we're taking a break from that this week we just like to have a little bit of fun stretch the creative tendons once in a while yep and we're coming up with our own concept for a movie, as Matty D just explained. That's right. And That's what right. we drew out of the hat, well, more specifically, what we drew from a roll of the die was coming up with a cool running sequel. Mm. Matty D, can you explain to anybody out there who may not be familiar with the original movie what exactly it's about? So Cool Runnings is a movie in the 90s? When was it? came 97? out in 1993. 1993. It's about a Jamaican bobsled team. So bobsledding is a sport. I may as well explain it. Bobsledding is a sport where you're in a cart and you're flying down slopes. So obviously it's a Icy slopes. Bit... It's a winter Olympic sport. That's right. That's right. So it's not something you would often see a Jamaican team participating no. in, but I guess that's the draw of the movie movie an unlikely team doing an unlikely sport and do they succeed do they not but it's all about the heart they show along the way it's all about the attempt rather than the achievement that's right we should probably point out as well that they're all Olympic runners. That's right. With the exception of Sanka. I don't know why he can keep up with three Olympic runners, but they never really explain that. <laughs> he pushes the cart. Yeah, he's he's holding on the back, pusher. presumably. So they're just That's pulling right. him along at yeah. their speed. That's right. Let's just presume that. Mind you, Cool Runnings was loosely based on a true story, as we hinted at at the end of last week's episode. Yes. The story of Jamaica entering the 1988 Winter Olympics as a bobsled team uh-huh. actually happened. Now, when I say it's loosely based, it's only very loosely loosely based on the real events because none of the characters in the movie really have a real life counterpart. The character of Irv Blitzer, which is John Candy's character, doesn't have a specific real life counterpart either. He didn't really exist. Now the whole thing in real life, the whole idea to even enter Jamaica into the Olympics in the first place was cooked up by two American businessmen who were living in Jamaica at the time. Well, that's kind of what happens-ish. Yeah. Well, I suppose an American John Candy had the idea once upon a time, but then it took encouragement from our lead characters to push him to train them in the art of the bobsled. Yes. But in real life, the four members of the bobsled team were actually in the military. So they oh, didn't really? even have a choice. They were basically drafted to be bobsled drivers. <laughs> that doesn't make a good uh, movie. No. Good feel-good movie. No. I and mean, I saw interviews by these guys, though. They're pretty fun characters onto themselves. Yeah, that's right. Because, Kieran, I did not know that it was based on a true story. Which is why you suggested doing it as that's, a movie that's in the correct. first place. So when I watched this movie, man, I loved it. And I oh, was is like, this your history? wasn't meant to be, but it can be, I guess. When I watched this movie way back in the day, I never, I always 
always thought that it deserved a sequel and I never understood why it didn't come. So I was like, this would be a great idea. Have yeah. a sequel. So I actually wrote down on our little list, Cool Runnings, because I was like, that's fantastic. It should have always happened. And I had no idea it was actually based on real life events, which is why it probably didn't have a sequel. Yes. Now, mind you, in 2018, there were rumors that they were going to make a sequel because in 2018, significantly enough, Jamaica's first female bobsled team entered the Winter Olympics. Yeah. So immediately, the news media went berserk. They're like, could this be Cool Runnings 2? Any day now, Cool Runnings 2 is going to be the female remake, essentially, of that original movie. And since the original movie was only very loosely based on real-world events, they could really go anywhere with the sequel. They could just be completely fictional women. They can spin it in any direction they like. Yeah. Since it's a Disney movie, it's not unlikely for them to go on that, I suppose, to quote a modern term, that woke angle <laughs> of doing the completely female-led reboot slash spin-off of a previous title of theirs. Not at all. Now, I just want to quickly point out my history with Cool Runnings as well. I think I mentioned this last week, but just in case you didn't hear that episode, Cool Runnings was actually one of the very first movies I saw in the cinemas. That's pretty crazy. it holds a very special place in my heart. And I really liked the movie too. Yeah. Yeah. I got to say, when I was a kid, I would laugh all the way through this movie. I thought it was the the funniest movie I'd ever seen at the time. And I think it holds up today. Yes. I watched it a couple of days ago and I absolutely think it still holds up. It's very much timeless. Yeah. And I still laughed at it. Yeah. I wasn't expecting to, but I still laughed basically all the way through the movie. Yeah. Not at the same stuff that I did as a kid, but there were plenty of new jokes that I weren't aware of that (laughs) surfaced that certainly made me chuckle. (laughs) And it's very, it's very close to, I think, a lot of people's hearts. Yes, So, Cool absolutely. Runnings 2, I think a lot of people would go see that. I would definitely be excited to see that. Yeah. Well, in all honesty, I think I'd be upset. I'd probably go, you can't tarnish the good <laughs> name of Cool Runnings by just doing a, a sloppy sequel. It, it would have to be cinematic and there'd have to be care and attention paid to it. Well, we're just about to do that. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Good point. <laughs> I'm really putting myself on the spot here. This movie will also be really recognisable for being a John Candy movie. Yes. And I do believe it was kind of close to his... Um, it was the last yeah. film that he ever appeared in. That's right. Last so. cinematic release. Because he was filming another movie. I can't remember the name of it. It was that weird Western that he was working on. But yeah, he never finished filming yeah. that movie. So yeah, this is his last cinematic relief. That's right. Yeah. Oh, sorry, release. That's right. I was going to say to date, but uh, <laughs> that's unnecessary. Anyway, so should we get straight into the plots let's, of our potential sequel? Let's do it. Now, I just thought we should have a little bit of fun this week. All right. Now, we've done this sort of format a lot in the past, you know, breaking free from our shackles and coming up with our own concepts for movies. Yep. But let's role play a little bit. Okay. Maddie D, put on this maid's uniform. It's, uh, it's quite small, Kieran. I'm only um, joking. Now, I think this week... What, you don't want me to wear the maid's uniform? Take it off. Uh, okay. I just want you nude. Anyway, I think this week we should sell it as though we're pitching the movie to Hollywood. I love how you told me this beforehand and didn't let me prepare. Okay, go on. Yes. Well, I just basically had the idea right off the top of my head right uh, now. Okay. So, we're going to role play a little bit. One of us is going to be the Disney executive, let's <laughs> say, and the other one is the potential young hopeful scriptwriter. All right. Essentially just doing an elevator pitch to the executive. <laughs> okay. And then I suppose by the end of it, the executive just has to decide whether they're going to go with it, whether they're going to buy the script or not, or whether it's a total turkey. It will right. never sell. So let's go at it with that angle. All right. So are you going first? Yeah, I'll go first. So I am the Disney executive. Yeah, that's let right. Get, let me get out my fat cigar. Yes. <sighs> Excuse me, Mr. D, Mr. D. What do you want, kid? 
I've got a script idea for you. Get out of my face. Okay, see you later. Actually, come here. Yeah? Give me your script. I'm sure you're desperate after the, your last string of movies. We're, we're doing quite horrible at the moment. Yeah. Just give me something. Marvel went bust and Star Wars went bust. Listen, listen. Can we sell toys out of it? You're going to be bankrupt any day now. Now, this is a fictional <laughs> universe, mind you. Oh, this is a fictional universe because I don't actually think Marvel's going bust anytime soon or Star Wars. So... Go with me here, Mr. Executive. Give me a pitch. Cool Runnings 2. Mm, cool Runnings 2. Do you remember Cool Runnings? That's that Jamaican movie, right? Yes, we could always do a sequel or a reboot on something. All right, you don't have to play a character the entire time. <laughs> All right, tell me about your cool Let's runnings. Let's just say that Matty D is the executive oh, who I'm pitching I wanted this to. I want to be an executive. All right. Because uh, I want your honest opinion okay, as we go through. Uh, you'll, you'll get I don't my want honest the opinion. executive's opinion. I want Matty D's opinion as we go through. <laughs> All right, go for it. So we have Cool Runnings 2. Yep. Cooler Runnings. Okay. Obvious title, I know, but it was the best that I could come up with. Now, I've got, I've got a tagline. Oh, okay. I've got a tagline, but I don't want to reveal it until the end of my plot because otherwise it will give away an important plot point. So, so you ready? You're making a movie for our show so we can predict it through the tagline. Yeah, All exactly. Right. <laughs> All right. But it's going to be obvious it. from the poster oh. and the trailer where the movie's going. Who because is it, directing it? It is being directed by John Turtletaub. What now, do? I know you're thinking, who is John Turtletaub? Yeah. I've never heard of him who before. Is, who is John Turtletaub? So he is the director of Three Ninjas, the National Treasure movies, if you remember those, with uh... Nick Cage. And The Meg, the giant shark movie. Now, most Dear importantly, God. most importantly, he directed the original Cool Runnings movie. So no. who better? Really? Yes. Who better to bring back than the classic director himself? Didn't now, know that. I just want to put everybody at ease straight away and just reveal that I am including the entire original cast. So returning as Doris Bannock, we've got Leon Robinson. We've got Dougie Doug as Sanka Coffee. We've got Raul D. Lewis as Junior Bevel. He's and of course, Coffee. Yes, his last name is Coffee. Who would have thought it? Like the drink. Only spelt different <laughs> with an I. And of course, we've got Malik Yoba returning as Yul Brenner. Yes. So they're going to be back. They're going to be a bit older. Not too much older. They actually look great. If you look up any of these actors on IMDb and look at modern pictures of them, they look fantastic for their age. Can I also bandwagon off what you just said and say that I will also be including these actors? Really? Yes. Okay. I'm excited. So let's get straight into the plot of Cool Runnings 2. Cooler Runnings. Runnings. So the movie's going to open with a flashback. We're going to have footage from the original movie with the four Jamaican bobsleds carrying their broken sled to the finish line in slow motion as the crowd cheers them on. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be black and white. There's going to be echoing sound effects of the crowd in the background. There's going to be dramatic trumpet music over the top. Nice. And then we have Darice in voiceover saying, sorry, you're going to have to forgive all my dodgy Are you going to do an Jamaican accent? Jamaican accents oh, all no. throughout this plot. Wait till we offend everybody. Yeah, so Darice in voiceover, he says, when we went to the Olympics back in 1988, <laughs> we were a laughing in stock but when we returned in 1992 this is a little bit Haitian <laughs> when we returned and when we returned in 1992 we were treated as equals so we fade to you just read the, the last bit of the movie basically yeah they're reinforcing this statement from okay. the end of the last movie alright so we fade to 2018 we're in Jamaica it's 30 years later we're in a high school science classroom and Darice Bannock has just finished telling the story of the first movie to his students so he's the high school science teacher now mind you this is canon he actually was a teacher in the first movie but they just never ever said what he was a teacher of oh cool so I'm just presuming high school science teacher also it's important to the plot Darice is the yeah, Doris. Yep. The photograph of the four bobsledders and Irv sits on Doris's desk. I think we'll start off by zooming out from that picture to reveal the classroom, if you can imagine the cinematography in your mind there. Now, one of the students asked Doris if they ever won any medals, 
and he tells them that even though they competed in four Winter Olympics, they never ever won a medal. That, the best true? they ever placed was 14th, which is actually true. Okay. Darice begins to tell them, but that's not important. What's important is, but he's cut off by the school bell. As the students rush out of the classroom, Darice reminds them that their projects on Newton's third law are due on Monday. You better not go where I think you're going. You, is, that you, too, you, is that too on the nose? You smug jerk. Is that too on the nose? All right. Anyway, we cut to Senka Coffee, who is still a pushcar champ 30 years later. By the way, remember it's 2018. The original movie was 1988. So this is almost exactly 30 years later. He's still the pushcar champ, Senka is. Congratulations. He's Senka. in the middle of attaching homemade rockets to his pushcar while he tells a group of children that he needs to beat his downhill speed record. <laughs> Not just his pushcar downhill speed record, his bobsled downhill speed record. Oh, okay. Which I'm going to say is like 48 seconds, if that's believable at all to any <laughs> bobsledding experts out there. Darice turns up to watch and warns Sunker that the rockets are in the wrong position on the pushcar for optimum acceleration. Because he's a science teacher. Yes. But Sanka ignores him. Of course. He kisses his lucky egg, which is now black and stinky. <laughs> Because it's been a while. <laughs> I'm presuming it's the same egg the whole time. And he takes off in his super-powered push car. But Sanka quickly loses control and is launched through the air and crashes comically into a chicken coop. Sanka, you're dead. Yaman. <laughs> Lovely a- callback. Yes, he's all right, of course. Back at his house, Doris laments to his wife, Joy, played again by Bertina McCauley, that he doesn't have a more impressive story to tell his students, since today's kids are no longer wowed by the fact that they were the first Jamaican bobsled team. Joy reminds him that real winners don't need medals, but that's not enough for Doris. He wants to reclaim that feeling of leading the way for his country by doing something brave and stupid for the whole world to pay attention to. Oh, God. As he stares out the window at the night sky, no, <laughs> a motivational poster on his wall catches his eye. It's a picture of the moon with the caption, shoot for the moon. And even if you miss, you'll land among stars. (laughs) Look at you, man. You know exactly where this is going. I'm so angry with you right now. Why? Because I stole your idea? No, because I know what you're going to do and you're going to destroy Cool Runnings. This gives Darice a crazy idea. Oh, what's that? The next day, he meets up with Sanka and tells him that they should establish Jamaica's first space program. Oh my God. Sensibly. Oh my God. Sanka thinks that this is a stupid idea. Yes. Like Matty D. <laughs> but Darice insists that with his knowledge of high school science <laughs> and Sanka's homemade rockets... <laughs> They should be able to build a vessel with the capability of travelling into space. Sanka agrees. So slow down with Sanka's rockets that he puts on the push cart. Yeah. He designed <laughs> those the, rockets himself. And, and a high school science teacher yeah. are going to go into space. Yes, that's right. Step aside, Elon Musk. That's right. So Sanka agrees on the condition that this time he gets to be the driver. Because Dreese was the driver in the bobsled. Makes sense. Dreese so, informs... Sanka driving a rocket. Now, I want you to settle down here, Matty D, because okay. Dreese informs him that they wouldn't be likely to travel into space themselves, but by all means, Sanka can press the launch button and send an unmanned craft into the atmosphere because it would be ridiculous, Matty D, if they built a rocket ship and went into space. A much more believable, well-written story will involve them creating a rocket, unmanned rocket, that they just send up into space. So stop those sceptical looks right now because I'm completely grounding this story. Okay, all right. He doesn't believe me. <laughs> You're going to send the Jamaicans And one of the ways, one of the ways that Doris... <laughs> feel the rhythm, feel the ride. It's space, <laughs> space Don't launch Don't spoil time. it! Don't spoil it! <laughs> <laughs> so one of the ways that Doris is able to convince Sanka to go is he tells him, he puts his hand on his shoulder and he says, Sanka, you were there when Julie Jeffries asked to see my dingaling, and I want you to be there when we break the bonds of earth and touch the face of God. 
Is that a quote from the movie? Yes. In the original movie, Sunken was like, I was there when Julie Jeffries asked to see your ding-a-ling. And I thought that was so funny. I thought I had to incorporate it into my plot. I do not remember that line. Now you're going to have to go with me here. Okay, I'm already going with you. The two track down former NASA engineer. Guess what his name is? What's his name? You're going to have to be mature and react sensibly to the name. Maddie D. Dick Softman, who is played by John Goodman. Dick Softman. What? Oh, I was like, let's unpack this for a second. So, okay. like, I, I think just the name, but I already... <laughs> you just uh, making a John Candy replacement right yes. now? <laughs> so, who do you get when John Candy isn't available? The, John Goodman. The other fat guy. Yes. Hollywood's other fat man. You could add... What, is, what's his name? King of Queens? Kevin... Oh, no. No. We don't need <laughs> to oh, give him not We don't want to take the space race of no. the Jamaican bobsled team with that actor. No, of course not. Now, Dick was a... Dick who? Now, Dick Softman. Dick was a space flight engineer. Is your movie a porno? No. <laughs> he's okay. a real NASA scientist. No, he's not. He's based on a real NASA I scientist. Would have been so, I would have felt so bad if he was a real NASA scientist. But okay, go on. Dick was a space flight engineer whose last job was working on the space shuttle Challenger. Of course, you remember that. Of course. Dick blames himself for not double checking the O-rings on the shuttle before launch. Of course, which led to the yeah, which led to the tragedy, the calamity of what happened, and had moved to Jamaica to become a recluse, quite like John Candy's yeah, okay. character in the first movie. When Derice, oh my god, <laughs> when Derice and Sanker approach him with their, did idea, he wait the ship? <laughs> Sorry, go on. No, he didn't. It wasn't actually his fault. It could have happened to anybody, but he blames himself. He wasn't putting weights on the front of the Challenger that caused it to explode. (laughs) That would be ridiculous. And no, that's not where I went because I don't want to make a laughing stock out of an actual tragedy. When Doris and Sanger approach him with their idea, Dick initially dismisses it as idiotic. He says, whoever heard of a Jamaican astronaut? But Doris is able to sweet talk him by giving Dick the chance to make good on the mistakes he made 30 years ago. You could make a ship that actually works. It is actually in poor taste now that I think about it, but let's ignore that. <laughs> right. Dick reluctantly agrees to help them construct their spaceship, but informs them that they'll need a small fortune to be able to buy all the equipment and materials they need. We then have a montage of Doris and Sunker attempting to raise the money on the street again, just like in the first movie. Doris attempts to sell autographed photos of their bobsled team, <laughs> but nobody recognizes them anymore because it's been 30 years. And Sunker sings a new song, which goes, How did it go? Enough people say, you know, you can't believe Jamaica, we have a space program. <laughs> I know it doesn't have the same ring to it, <laughs> but that's, it's Sanka who's coming up with this, oh not Kieran. Oh, God. To their dismay, the duo only raised $10, but that was only because an American tourist mistook Sanka for Bob Marley and posed for a photo with him, <laughs> forgetting the fact that Bob Marley has been dead for years. This leads our duo to Junior Bevel, who now runs a successful brokerage firm, Bevel, Bevel and Sons. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Tell me his dad's still alive. And- <laughs> no, he's dead. His dad's dead. Right. The actor's also dead, so. No, actually, he is alive, but I'm in the movie, you he's dead. You can't join this space no. program. Go with me, Matty D. All right. Junior would love to help them finance their space program, but Junior's own children, Junior Bevel Jr. and Junior Bevel III... <laughs> Creative names. <laughs> Played by Michael B. Jordan and Chadwick Boseman, <laughs> both of which who were in Black Panther as the two leads. Right. Constantly accused Junior Senior <laughs> whoops, <laughs> of having his head in the clouds and not concentrating on their family business. So they're ashamed of their dad. They're like, oh, he's always daydreaming. He's always thinking about his former glories and he's not concentrating on making the family business go. Making the moolah. That's right. 
but Darice tells Junior to look at himself in the mirror and tell him what he sees, which causes Junior to confront his two sons, telling them that he's a badass mother who don't take no crap off nobody. <laughs> Junior sells off his share of the family business oh <laughs> and funnels it directly into the Jamaican space program. I see you're enjoying my movie so far. It's terrible. <laughs> We now have a montage of the three Jamaicans and Dick driving around to every hard... <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry. Driving around to every hardware shop and scrap metal dealer on the island and loading up a tiny pickup truck with all of their materials. Can you imagine it stacked high and yep. Sunker's trying to tie a rope over the top, but he can't do it. Just looking forward to the inevitable bit where they paint their space yes. rockets. And he ties himself up in the ropes. <laughs> and we also see Sunker taking corrugated iron sheets off the roof of his own house. <laughs> To make up materials. Now that they have all the materials, they just need a strong hand to put it together. Oh, who <laughs> you is can that? see where I'm going with this. Who's that going to be? This brings us to their final former teammate, Yule Brenner. Yule has been busy building a replica of Buckingham Palace <laughs> <laughs> by himself, <laughs> but he is clearly. <laughs> But he's clearly not a builder or architect, <laughs> since so far his palace is a mess. So he's just got big stacks of bricks all over the place. He's tried to hand concrete the pillars. He's just kicking it. He's just painting gold because he doesn't actually have real gold to make the ceilings or the ornate pieces of furniture. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yule is also mad at Junior again, since Junior's brokerage firm denied Yule a home loan. He only agrees to help them build their spaceship when they agree to help him build his palace afterwards. Because four hands are better than one. Or rather, eight hands are better than two. Anyway, the team gets to work building their spaceship. And when they stand back to admire their handiwork, we see that their shuttle is a cobbled together piece of junk. Now, I was actually inspired by a video clip that I saw of, if you do a search on YouTube for South African helicopter, you'll see the quality of the engineering involved. That's basically how I saw this spaceship, <laughs> looking similar to that. And they're going to paint it the Jamaican colours, just like you were imagining. Nice. Dick tells them that they've most likely made the world's biggest firework, rather than Jamaica's first spaceship. And that's John Goodman. Yeah. Junior is unfazed by this assessment. Sorry, his name is Dick Smallcock. Yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no. Sorry. sorry. Dick, Dick Softman. Softman. Yes, not Dick Smallcock. That would be childish and ridiculous. <laughs> Junior is unfazed by this assessment and christens the shuttle Abigail. After everyone has finished laughing at how much that name sounds like a $2 hooker, Junior reveals that Abigail was his grandmother's name. Are you going to recycle all the jerks? Yes. That's what they do in sequels. Bad sequels, anyway. <laughs> Well, your Disney exec is loving it. Yes. Meanwhile... We don't have to pay a writer. Well, me. <laughs> to come up with new jokes. Meanwhile, news of their attempts at starting a space program has made its way to the international press, who have a field day on reporting of the absurdity of our team's idea. The main misconception that the news media has about the Jamaican space program is that the team actually plans to man the space shuttle and fly it to the moon. This was never the case. They just as, want to get into space. Yeah, as Doris only wanted to get the ship into space unmanned. Unfortunately, the Jamaicans quickly realised that in order to impress the media and guarantee their spot on the front pages all over the world, <laughs> oh God. they will have to pilot their ramshackle ship themselves into space. We now have a montage of the four men preparing for space flight by going into an anti-gravity fan chamber. You know those ones where you float around? Oh, that'd be fantastic. I'd like to see Sanka yep. floating with his egg next to him. He's trying to kiss his lucky egg, but it's floating up away from him. And they also make homemade spacesuits. <laughs> Maybe out of like diving suits or hazmat suits, whatever they can cobble together. There should be a bit where they're in like a cryogenically frozen thing. Sanka comes out yes. or frozen. On that note, Sanka is especially worried about going into space since space is colder than any place on Earth. 
and he hates the cold with a passion. <laughs> we see him stow a portable heater onto the ship. <laughs> <laughs> the launch day has finally arrived. Thousands of people have turned up to watch the grand takeoff. They're in Jamaica through this whole time, right? There's two Australian journalists there, played by you and me, respectively. Nice. And our four heroes are suitably nervous. But having spent enough time with the hopeful former Olympians, Dick is now confident that the junk heap of a spaceship has a better than average chance of making it successfully into space. <laughs> so this guy that saw this, you know... Yeah, this horrible disaster. This horrible disaster. Like, this launch disaster. Hey, this might work. It's got a better than average chance of working. He's just got the hope of these young men in him. Well, middle-aged men. Doris, Senka, Yule and Junior load up into the shuttle and strap themselves in as Dick begins the countdown over a portable PA system. It's very lo-fi. But just as Dick reaches the end of the countdown, a gust of wind blows past the spaceship. (laughs) Dick quickly cancels the launch and informs the gathered crowd that the launch has been postponed due to bad weather. The four Jamaicans quickly scramble out of the ship, but before Sanka has time to leave, he drops his lucky egg and it lands on the ignition switch. (laughs) Oh no! The shuttle, along with Sanka, are briefly launched into the air, but the rockets soon burn out and the ship lands with a crash into the ocean. It looks like Sanka might be dead for real. And Doris screams out to the sea, Sanka, you alive, man! But there is no reply. (laughs) As everybody turns to sadly walk away, Sanka washes up on the beach, covered with seaweed and with fish flopping out of his spacesuit, and says, Yeah, man! The crowd cheers! And our heroes hoist Sanka up onto their shoulder and carry him off into the sunset as the screen fades to black. Now, before credits roll, and before we have a new version of I Can See Clearly Now, that, mo- that song was in that gone. movie, wasn't yes. it? It was the big hit. It was a chart-topping hit, basically. Well, it was in the top 40 anyway, when that original movie came out. So, before the credits roll, text appears on the screen that reads, In 2018, the Jamaican bobsled team didn't become astronauts. <laughs> they became an inspiration to the world. The end. Now, I just want to reveal my tagline as well before I forget. So, the movie is called Cool Runnings 2, Cooler Runnings, and the tagline is, Space Be The Journey. Because in the original movie, it was Peace Be The Journey. That's what Cool Runnings means. Oh, my God. So, this one is Space Be The Journey. And that was my movie. What Was that based on a true story? Did that actually Yeah, that actually happened. Oh, okay. No, it didn't. (laughs) Basically, like a Birdman rally meets the South African helicopter pilot. as your executive... I thought it was yeah, terrible. Do you, do you want to buy the script? I thought it was a. I thought it disgraced a sentimental movie in the hearts of everybody. But I loved it. I thought it was great. I would back your movie Uh-oh. and uh, and turn it into a sequel. I would Disneyfy it and bring it out to the masses. I'm so pleased. So you got my vote. I got to go talk to the board, but I think mm. they'll love it. Great. I think they'll love go it. Go speak to Bob Iger. I'm sure he'll be all over <laughs> they'll it. They'll be all over it. I think movies like that is what we need more of. I'm really excited, Matty D, to step into the shoes of the Disney executive and hear what you've come up with after you laughed and chided my plot. What could Matty D have that's so much better and so much more sensible? Well, I actually tried. <laughs> what? <laughs> I tried. But I tried. I, I tried really hard. Do you, you know how long it took me to watch the movie? You'll, you'll About an hour and a half. <laughs> you'll, notice, you'll notice I try at the start and then it kind of wanes <laughs> a little bit towards the end, which is a reflection of my commitment. Okay. But okay, I'm, uh, I got a pitch for you. I got a movie, right, Mr. Executive mm-hmm. Kieran? Yep, I'm excited. It's simple. I don't want to go too flashy with it. It's just Cool Runnings 2. Everyone knows Cool Runnings. They know that line. They know that title. So they'll say a line? second one. Nope. All right. I do who, not have Who are you going to get to direct peace, it then? Peace be the journey. Peace Again. be the journey? Okay. Who am I getting to direct it? Peter Jackson. Oh, really? Yes. Now, I know this sounds really weird. You've had him before for your Lord yeah, of the Rings spin-off he, movie. Yeah, of course you're going to have Lord of the Rings spin-off movie. But I, I just thought, 
I really had trouble picking a director, so I was like, who could who could it be? Could it be someone who does like really good feel good movies? But Peter Jackson in all his movies really so you got the director of bad taste. Yeah, I do. I guess I do. it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired, Mr. Space Program. No, Peter Jackson really in all of his movies, one consistent feature is he really is in love with the landscapes. And I think in a cool runnings movie, you gotta make the Jamaican countryside. The Jamaican a thing. countryside, the Island Calgary all over the countryside. It needs to be a character onto itself, because that's what it was in the first movie, which is why I'm bringing Peter Jackson. And okay. I think I think he would have the same sense of humor that would match what I'm trying to do to the movie. So that's why I've got okay. him. So here's what we're doing. <laughs> and it's going to be a tonal shift. We're going to have be opening with a Jamaican upbeat song, but instead of running, it shows clips of the sport of bobsledding. Now, it's not the Jamaicans bobsledding. It's just random people. The Swiss? Anybody. Just okay. random people bobsledding. And that's what we're going to open up to. And then we see Doris in his large house with photos all up on his wall that indicates that he had an Olympic career for four years. Oh, wow. I said four years as well. That's because that was what happened. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. Four Olympics, that is. Not, oh, yeah. Not yeah. consecutive four, four Olympics, years. Yeah. This was from when the last movie ended. We also see that he's still with his wife, Joy. He has children now and he's living in the island of Jamaica. What he does for a living? I don't know. He's a teacher. <laughs> he can be a teacher. I didn't actually rewatch the movie. So I didn't know that, but he's just chilling out. So his ringtone, <laughs> his ringtone nice goes off, and it's a jazzed-up version of the Jamaican bobsled song. <laughs> <laughs> because Doris is kind of sentimental. When he answers it, the tone changes, and he tells his wife he has to leave and go to Calgary. His tone, not the ringtone. Yes, his okay. tone. <laughs> the tone doesn't change into something else. It is actually a funeral. Really? Yep, for John Candy's character, Irv. Right. Because John Candy died in the real life. So when is this movie set? Set in present day. Well, he lasted a lot longer than the real John Candy. He did. Okay. Yep. I guess so. He did. Or maybe it was like a year before, but no, nah, we'll say we'll say it was this year. Okay. So he'd be in his 70s when he died. Yes. Because he was about 42 in real life when he died. Yep. So the team reunite in Calgary. They say goodbye to an old friend, and this is the first time- Do they bury him in a bobsled-shaped coffin? <laughs> Push him down a hill? Yep. Push him down a hill in a bobsled coffin. Yeah, this is the first time the team have all met each other, and they go into a bar well, to reminisce about- Surely the they've met each other before. Have seen each other for okay. a while. So they go to a bar, and they're served by a Canadian bartender, played by Kieran. Hey! In a, in a, I'm sure- a Can great... I do a Canadian accent? Yeah, yeah, of course. You have to. Okay. That's the part. Um, I certainly can't do a Jamaican accent. <laughs> We'll let the people decide. So they reminisce about the glory days that have been, but they start to get into an argument about sort of differences, about egos, especially with Yule Brenner, and they leave and part ways, but not on good terms. Hmm. Junior decides to stay in Canada, in Calgary. He's kind of reminiscing because he's sort of gone on with his life, and he's kind of like the the heart of the movie, I always felt. So he's sort of walking around, and he finds an old photo of himself and his team. And he goes, that's one badass mother who don't take no crap from nobody. Okay, and here's where it's... So Junior is approached by a German coach. Mm. Yeah. The coach is played by Daniel Bruhl, who was in Inglorious Bastards. Oh, yes. Who, that name who right? was he in that? I can't remember. Uh, but he was also in Avengers. He was the sniper. He was Frederick Stoller, from memory. Yep. Yeah. Nation's Pride. Yeah, that guy. And he was also the bad guy in um, one of the Avengers Really? Movies. Yeah, yeah. Are you sure? Oh, one of the Marvel movies. I'm, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll have to trust you. Um, I can't remember which one, though. I think it was Civil War. Anyway, so this German coach, Hans, 
is uh, oh. he approached Junior because he has a German team of bobsledders. Those jerks. Those jerks, exactly. But he needs the assistance of the famous Jamaican bobsled team to sort of what, teach for his image guys. consultancy? No, because because the team isn't performing as great as they should be, like as, as much as they can. Right. He thinks he thinks that they're not in fourteenth place. They think Jamaica. They think they could learn something from this team that sort of you know picked up their sled at the end of the movie and carried it to the finish line. But Junior can't do it by himself, so he's got to get the band back together because they've right. all left Calgary. So he goes and he tries to f- track down and convince all of them to come back. So that's the segment in the movie where he goes to Jamaica. So he visits Sunka, who is doing YouTube tutorial videos on bobsledding in Jamaica. That really? is quite a hit. Yep. Could- you got to take the corners like this. Yeah. Could totally if say If you it. need to pee, just go. <laughs> he essentially just needs to be convinced to stop being lazy. Chase Put down after- this spliff, Sunka. <laughs> To go after his old glory days. So he gets inspired by Junior. So Junior's like roping him into it. He then visits Yule, who lives in London, who got married into royalty. So does really? he live in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So does he. Does he. Who did he marry? Uh, some, Harry some, or William? Some. But that's the thing. It's not someone in Buckingham Palace. Oh. It's a lesser known royalty because we've got to be realistic. Maybe because, Harry and Meghan split up. Because at the <laughs> at the end of his Olympic journey, he became kind of like a pseudo celebrity, became a fashion icon, became into- <laughs> Yul Brenner. Yeah, Yul Brenner. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in this, he bumped into somebody who happened to be a royal person and married into that. And he got his palace. Maybe the Duchess of York. And I just want to get a little sideline because I suggested the Cool Runnings movie. When I was a child, I always wanted a second Cool Runnings movie. Right. Because I always wanted to see if he got his palace. So in my movie, and I'm so glad that you did it in yours, Mm. I wanted to make sure he got it. And then we see Darice, who is... We saw him at the start of the movie, but the whole conflict there is that they're bringing in Yule and they're bringing in Darice to patch things up because they had a falling out because Yule was a bit of a jerk. Really? Yep. That's an easy patch up. They hug it out. They're friends again. And then they go back to Calgary and teach the Germans how to act like a team. And there's a bit of a culture shock. The Germans see them as a sideshow act. They're kind of insulted that they're being brought in. The Jamaicans are being brought in to teach them stuff. They take themselves really seriously. The Jamaicans are all fun-loving Yahoo guys. Yeah. Uh, but eventually they learn to respect them. They're going to try to qualify for the Olympics. Darice finds this. Who, Jamaica or Germany? Germany. Okay. Yeah. And the Jamaicans are helping them and training them and sort of, you know, trying to get them to qualify. Darice gets really competitive. He gets really invested with the German team and he sort of gets that old competitive edge that we all knew from his first movie. And he tries to cheat. Really? He tries to put weights in the bobsled. Junior. Which, mind you, isn't cheating. Which I know isn't cheating. This is something they actually do in bobsledding. They, in fact, in some cases they're required to put weights in the front to yeah, balance but in the first the movie it was cheating yeah i know in the world of cool runnings where it is cheating yeah we'll just go with it yeah but junior finds out about it and they have and junior has a massive inspirational monologue about how that's not who Darice is he's yeah. a badass mother he's a badass mother who don't take no crap out on nobody and so Darice agrees the germans win they get past wow. the qualifying time and it's oh. a big celebration so they qualify they qualify, yeah. And they they're don't going... necessarily win the gold. Actually, no, scratch that. They win the gold. Wow. It's more important. They win well the gold. Well done, Germany. Well done, Germany. But the German team decides to take credit for it, giving no thanks to the Jamaican team. So there's no, no praise. No one investigated their bobsled and found the weights? No, they took the weights out because Junior told him not to. Oh, okay. Yep, yeah, sorry. They, I missed that part. They won the gold. I was out too busy their... do- doing my old <laughs> badass mother joke. <laughs> they won the gold out of their own merit. But the Germans actually come to our four Jamaican heroes and thank them personally and tell them that Jamaica it would have been it would have happened it wouldn't have happened without them so I forgot to say during the actual race 
Junior has a heart attack and has been hospitalized. Oh, Turns no. out he was dying and his last wish was to have one last moment in the sun. Oh, Yeah, I know, right? In the snow. In the snow. Then we end up that they open up a school for bobsledding with Junior's <laughs> Jamaica, we have a bobsled school. And that's where we leave. It's heartwarming, it's nice, and that is my cool runnings too. Wow. It's actually way more sensible and I suppose way more realistic, except for the fact that Jamaica are coaching Germany yeah. in the bobsled. Well, you can't have them bobsledding. I think but they apparently might have... you can have them going on a space race. Yeah, so. well, I was keeping it very Jamaica-centric, but I think Germany might have been one of the people who pioneered the sport of bobsledding, so it's funny that they should get <laughs> relative newcomers to the sport well, to train them. I figured because Germany... Unless it's personality training that they're getting. Yeah, well, I figured Germany was like the team they had the most trouble with, right? Yeah. Which, by the way, another thing that's not actually accurate to real life, apparently everybody in the Olympics, the Winter Olympics, that is, was really welcoming to the Jamaican team. In fact, I think it was the Germans, I could be wrong, I think it was the Germans themselves who lent a bobsled to the Jamaicans so they could actually qualify. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, why did they get such a bad rap in the movie? Well, there had to be a bad guy in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a bunch of bad guys. There was that older guy who used to be Irv's coach. Yeah, the guy There was the that weird Winter Olympics alliance that was basically like the Empire from Star Wars who sat around at the table laughing about how like, we're not going to let the Jamaicans compete. <laughs> and then of course there were the Germans who they got into a bar fight with for some reason because they're like, keep it down Jamaica. I don't know why the Germans also sound Jamaican. <laughs> I'm very like, limited with my accents. I was like, oh, okay. They're impersonating Jamaica to mock them. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Wow. All right. So who do you think had the better plot? There's several ways that you can let us know. You can leave us a comment on this episode's page through the Podbean site. Otherwise, you can send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. Otherwise, you can find us on Facebook. We're pretty easy to find on there using the search function. Just do a search for Potential Spoilers Podcast. Look out for the yellow caution symbol and the red logo. And you can either let us know if you preferred Maddie D's plot or if you preferred my plot. Or if you have a plot of your own, if you have your own idea in your head of what you think should happen in a cool running sequel, you can let us know there. I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear anything that is more sensible than going to space or more out there or more ridiculous than coaching Germany (laughs) to get gold in the Winter Olympics. It could happen. 2019, presumably. It could happen. Yeah, I guess it could. They did qualify. (laughs) Yeah, but qualifying doesn't give you (laughs) automatic reign or expertise to coach somebody. (laughs) Oh, well, especially if you haven't done it for like 20 years. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm not going to poke holes in your plot if you're going to be kind to my plot. Yours is too sound in science and realism. Yeah, that's right. couldn't possibly. I had a high school science teacher. The science was sound. Yeah. And there was a physicist there too, mind you. Did they build a space engineer? We're going to build rockets, Jesse. Well, no... Darice was the high school science teacher. <laughs> and uh, Sanka, you've got you've Dick got, Sofman you've got the, the push physicist. card experience. Yes. And I've got the chemistry. Yes. Wow, I think you're writing a better movie. <laughs> That's basically my movie anyway. <laughs> right. Anyway, before we go, let's talk about what we're going to be talking about next week. Let's do it. It's that time again. We're going to be revisiting one of our earlier predictions. Mm-hmm. We're finally caught up to episode three of the podcast, and we're going to be revisiting us. Oh, it's going to be scary. Now, Matty D, I know you're not a fan of horror movies, so you're going to have to brave the movie that Jordan Peele himself called Drop Your Soda Scary. I don't drink soda, so I'm okay. Yeah, as long as you're not holding anything, I think you'll be all right, Matty D. Not holding your arm, Karen? Well, you can do that if you like. (laughs) Okay. As long as you're wearing that maid's outfit. (laughs) I will never take it off. So we're going to analyse what we predicted, and then when we come back next week, we're going to see who actually got closer to the final plot of us. So join us next week for that. Yes. And thanks for sticking with us for Cool Runnings 2. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. (laughs) 
Now look in the mirror and tell me what you see. You see Junior. You see Junior. Well, you want to know what I see? I see pride. I see power. I see a badass mother who don't take no crap of nobody. You really see all that? Yeah, man. But it's not about what I see. It's about what you see. Now look in this mirror and tell me again what you see. <clears throat> well, I see... Pride! Pride! Right. Power! Power! And I see... A badass mother who, who don't take, take no, no crap off of nobody! Again! I see pride! Can I hear you? I see power! I see a badass mother who won't take no crap off of nobody! Once again! I see pride! Junior! I see power! I see a badass mother who won't take no crap off of nobody! That's right! That's right! Junior Beville! Wait, what? Where are you going?